Wonderful, wonderful. Welcome, everybody. Welcome to my show. Welcome to Yes, You Can. And today is a day we have a wonderful guest with us. Very excited to find out with our guest who's going to be very entertaining interview today. And I'm so ready with my pad and my notepad, ready to take notes. And I'm sure you all got the same pad note at the front of you, ready to take note from our wonderful guest. So earlier on, had a bit of difficulty logging in, but unfortunately, it had a little technical hiccups. But nevertheless, I'm in now. And I want to welcome you all for coming on to this show. And uh, sit back, get yourself a drink, get yourself uh, settled, because this show is going to be rocking and rolling, because we're ready to get into the real stuff today. So before we go any further, I want to just highlight to you uh, to let you all know what's going to be happening for the next couple of weeks. Okay, if you would like to be a guest on the show, you can email me at info at livingyourgoodlife.co.uk. Now, you might have a story, you might have a hobby, or you might have a business that you'd like to talk about for the whole world to know about. Well, guess what? You can be the wonderful guest with me on this show, and we will get out there to everyone to hear about your entertaining story, whatever it may be. So the email you can get me on is info livingyourgoodlife also we have another wonderful guest who's going to be joining us and uh, this will come on after the commercial break mr and mrs yates from united states and they are traveling the world with their family they decide to pack up their job and say you know what i'm just taking a journey around the world and they're traveling around the world and they will be with us until the next podcast show to share with their family's story. So don't forget to miss that one. So it'd be worthwhile for those of you who are thinking, I don't have the opportunity to leave. Well, guess what? They have got some edged ideas of how they can get around to travel. And so they will be joining us. So at this moment in time, I want to say once again, thank you so much. And I want to say for most of you in UK, what a wonderful sunshine we're having. So please, please get out there, your barbecue, your beer, your wine, get out there, enjoy it, because you never know how long it's going to last. And unfortunately, very rare we get this in UK, but it's come. So we're going to take that opportunity and enjoy the weather. And so also, I want to get my gratitude for all of you who are going through the dramatic time with the pandemic. I want to remember all the families, all the children and everybody. I hope you are well and you're looking after yourself and you're doing the best you can. So guess what? There's always a light at the end of the tunnel. If we keep our head up and keep focused, something will come our way. And for that reason, we're going to go straight into this wonderful interview today with our wonderful guest, Brian. And I know she's got her shotguns ready for this show. Um, <laughs> it's definitely something going to be heavy today. And uh, it's going to be definitely, definitely worthwhile. So for that reason, I'm going to introduce our guest to Unmoot and say welcome to the show. Hello, Trevor. Hello, everybody. I hope you're all well and you're managing with all the heat. Um, I'm finding it very interesting. I know I wanted sunshine, but now I kind of regret that request. Um, <laughs> for those of you who don't know me, my name is Enzingle Orgill, and I'm the founder and director of Race Expert Limited. That's a consultancy that looks at innovative inclusion. So, um, yeah, nice to have you all with me this afternoon, evening. Okay, we've got plenty of people in the room today, and uh, I'm sure they're ready to hear what you're going to deliver today, including myself. That's why I've got you on the show. 
and uh, we're ready to see what you deliver. We're looking for a solution. We're, we're looking for a way around, and uh, there's no better way than doing it on this show tonight. So, just to give everybody an idea, a bit about your background and who you are, and etc., so everybody can get a good idea of you. So my name is Enzinga Orgiel. I was born and raised in Birmingham and then moved down to London for university. What feels like a lifetime ago, but many, many, many years ago. Um, born to Jamaican parents and had a really you know, good upbringing in Birmingham. Very aware of my cultural background. So I was around a very diverse community. So, you know, there was never that feeling of not feeling like I didn't fit in or belong. You know, wherever I looked, there were people that looked like me or had similar interests and, you know, similar characteristics as myself. And yeah, I really enjoyed it. Very proud of being a black woman. I'm very proud of who I am proud of my name a lot of people struggle to pronounce it but to me there's so much power behind it and I take great pleasure <laughs> you will find Trevor but great pleasure in you know just getting people to pronounce it correctly because it's very much you know intertwined in terms of who I am and part of my identity um so yeah um I'm someone who um enjoys food I enjoy short story writing I enjoy creating things so whether it's you know short um poems or, or stories or yeah I am very much a creative thinker I was very much told when I was younger that I daydream a lot and it's not a good thing to do and actually I think it absolutely is the right thing to do sometimes you just need to take time and space to to think about what you want to do next or even come up with an idea and um yeah so moved to London and started my journey did a law degree and didn't like it um, decided it wasn't for me, loved the people aspect, but didn't enjoy the law itself. So I knew from then that whatever I had to do had to be involving people and it had to be involving building relationships and, you know, basically um, talking because I, I like to talk. So um, <laughs> anything that could get me in that space would be fantastic. And I guess my journey professionally has been a case of trial and error. So not really being clear about what I wanted to do. I wanted to do everything. So I tried lots of different things. So I've worked in project management. I've worked in data and analytics. I've worked in, oh gosh, media and advertising, security, operations. I've had a really broad career. And I think in having that opportunity, it's given me you know, a chance to see how things work in different areas and different spaces to take the great lessons and the great um, nuggets and gems, but also to kind of highlight where the challenges are. So um, I did quite a bit of time in the innovation automation space. And as a black woman, I found it quite lonely. Um, there didn't seem to be many people that looked like me or you know, had the same type of, of background as myself in that space. And I thought, well, it just seems really odd because in an innovation space, it's all about creativity and different perspectives. And um, it's important that that's reflected in the people where these ideas are generated and coming from. So that's, I guess, based on the background, based on my career history, kind of where my passion around innovation came in. And then Trevor, like inclusion, you know, it's, it's wonderful to be included, but to be fully included, you know, don't include me because you like my hair or my culture or my food and my music, but then exclude me when it comes to my opinions and my thoughts and opportunities that I should have access to. So for me, it's really something that I'm passionate about. And through that passion, it's been okay. I can combine innovation, which I love, with inclusion and come up with something that allows me to, you know, yeah, enjoy both. So that's a little bit of my background, really. I hope I've kind of covered enough. Happy to answer more. Like I said, I like to talk. So 
You have I'll a job times, not me. I'll tell you what, that was very colourful. It was very colourful. It was like a brand new cake with so many layers and I was ready to eat it. <laughs> <laughs> that is the best way. I think you put it in the best way possible. But what's interesting is people tend to have some form of identity. They need to relate to something. Is there a meaning behind your name, Nzinga? So the name Nzinga, I'm named after a warrior queen, queen of Angola that liberated her people from slavery from the Portuguese. But the name itself actually means to twist and turn. So I guess it's kind okay. of saying in today's term that I'm adaptable and creative and solution driven. So, yeah, I'll take it, Trevor. Okay, so, and, and this is something I'm very excited to hear you more about when you're making creative, being creative. And I found the more creative you are, you do pick up some of the lost identity and fix it back again and say, this is me, my name, what I eat and what I do. So I understand you're creative and I looked at your profile and I'm saying, is there anything you can't do? <laughs> I believe as long as my arm is like goes long. But that tells me, because of the way you are, you have been creative and made it to where you are today. So to ask you, what is creativity and how can a person be creative? It's a really good question, Trevor. And what I would say, you know, creativity means different things to different people. And I only kind of put it in terms of what it means to me. It's about, you know, thinking outside of the box, as people like to say, but actually being um being brave and bold in terms of your solutions. So rather than going to the, the go-to solution or things that have been trial and tested before, it's about looking at opportunities to introduce new things, to try new things, to test new things, to watch new things fail and then learn from that to then go back and try something else. So for me, creativity is about, you know, trying things you haven't necessarily tried before. It's also about being able to be yourself to some degree. You know, I believe we're all creative. Um, how that shows up is differently. Some people are you know, quite extrovert and creative in terms of how they speak, the colors they wear, the, the clothing they wear, the way they mm -hmm. articulate themselves. But you've got some people that are quite quiet and introverted, but are very much creative in terms of how they approach a process or how they you know, engage with, with, with people. But I think it's just about owning your own creativity. You know, they shouldn't, it shouldn't be boxed, it shouldn't be fixed off. It's however you want it to be mm -hmm. and feel. But what is mm -hmm. important is it's it's different, you know, it's bringing in a different perspective and it's trying something new and it's definitely about being brave because often you know it's great to be creative when you're working in fun spaces you know you're talking about for example I don't know films and books and exciting things like that but it's very challenging to be creative in spaces where it isn't so much fun so you know for example conversations around anti-racism you know how can we be creative in that and how can we engage people to stay invested in those creative ways of thinking so for me it's very much yeah subjective it depends on who you are what type of personality you are but also yeah fundamentally what what aligns to who you are as a person Mm -hmm. Very relevant what you said there, because I look at today's society and over the years that a lot of people right now may be in this uh, show tonight thinking, I don't know who I am. I've been trying to find out who I am for years. My mother won't tell me, my father won't tell me, the medication won't tell me. And it becomes like an identity crisis mm -hmm. in terms of everything they do that just can't fit in. And we're finding that happening in this modern society. When you ask somebody, who are you? Uh, it takes a while for them to give you the answer. So how do we get people out of that box and find themselves and say, right, got it. I'm who I am. 
this is what I do, and this is how I'm going to deliver. How do how do people get to that stage, and what would you suggest? I think there's a piece around, you know, going on a journey of self-discovery and development and whatever that looks and feels like is up to the individual. So, you know, there's there's coaching programs, there's books, there's literature out there, there's opportunities for people just to really find out who they are. And one thing I'll say is, you know, you start off your life, you know, coming into the world quite fresh and a blank canvas. And then people just literally flick paint on you all your life. The point where the, the picture at the end or the picture as you get older is nothing like the picture that represents who you are. And there's nothing wrong with that. You know, we're in a society that's very comfortable placing narratives, in particular negative narratives of certain types of people. So it's about stripping that all back and coming back to who you are. You know, mm-hmm. what am I? What do I represent? What aligns to me as a person? What are my values? Who, mm-hmm. who am I when I step in the room? Am I the same person in every single encounter? Because if you're having to switch and change, that might be a, you know, an indication that maybe you don't really you know, know yourself well enough and you're not comfortable with who you are. And I think it's about acceptance that you're not going to be everybody's cup of tea and flavour. You know, we're mm-hmm. out here as, you know, a lot of people are out here, you know, trying to people please. You know, please like me. I'll, I'll dull down my, you know, my, my, you know, my flamboyancy. I'll, 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 you know, dial up myself to, to fit into whatever you're wanting me to fit into. It's, it's not mm-hmm. about that. It's literally about saying, well, actually, I'm who I am. And I am on a journey to find out more about who I am. And I'm comfortable with who I am. And what I would encourage people to do is just take, be compassionate with themselves. You know, life is a journey. It's not a destination. We are on this earth for however long we are on this earth. And every day should be an opportunity to discover more and learn more about yourself. Learn more about the people that you're around and you surround yourself with. Because obviously, you know, the tribe is very much a reflection of who you are. So if there's things that you're seeing that you're not necessarily liking or appreciating, there's nothing wrong with, you know, consciously disconnecting from those people because it doesn't align with you anymore. But I would say just do the work and really importantly, spend time where you can with yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, the pandemic's offered so many challenges in terms of, you know, not being able to connect the way we normally would do or people feeling isolated and lonely. And I think if you have yourself, you're never really lonely. You might be alone because you are, you know, in that space by yourself. But if you know yourself, have yourself, love yourself, and are on that journey to discover more about yourself, you're never lonely. And I think... Mm-hmm. That, to me, is a crucial part of being able to, yeah, know yourself when you're stepping into every encounter. Because I've done that work, Trevor, wherever I go, whatever situation is thrown at me, I'm my authentic self because I'm aligned to who I am. And I'm comfortable if people don't gel with me. And I'm even more comfortable if people like me. So, yeah. Right. It's very powerful because I'm going to go a little bit more into that area about yourself. How did you get to this stage of creativity and what was the reason for you to be in the position of creativity for yourself as well as performing it out there to other people? Why did, why did you get to that stage? I think for me, and in particular around Race Expert Limited, um, there was an opportunity for more to be done in the space. There's a lot of great people that are doing a lot of work in the EDI space, equality, diversity, inclusion, belonging space. And, you know, there's a lot of people who are doing okay work in that space. And for me, as, as a woman, a black woman that's been in a corporate environment for a very, very long time, I encountered so many challenges that were really quite relatively simple fixes. Not all of them, absolutely, because some of it's very much systemic and institutionalized and part of the organizational structure and culture, but things that could be easily alleviated to enhance my work experience. And for me, I just thought there's a niche here, an opportunity here for me to come into this space and bring my lived experience, 
all of the wonderful skills and expertise I've built on my journey, all of the network, you know, and the connections I have who support me every day, all the time, just to offer a different perspective in how we do this, because um, I'm an action taker and a disruptor, Trevor. You know, I love talking, but when it comes to certain things, talk needs to come with action followed, right? We can't right, just be right. paying lip service all the time because it starts to become a little bit boring and stale and stagnant. In order to keep things moving, we need to have intention. We need to have purpose and drive. And we need to implement and drive for action. And for mm -hmm. me, it's just, okay, how can I, with what I've got in terms of my skill set and my experience, be an action taker that can be creative in the approach in terms of how we find solutions so that's kind of how it really came about just the fact that there was an opportunity and some of the experiences that I had my new other people had not necessarily just black women but different people from you know protected characteristics saying that I'm not having a great time at work it's not really favoring me I feel like I have so many obstacles to overcome you know what can what can be done about it I've got some great ideas I've also got the ability to pull out ideas from people. So that's why I thought, you know what, put myself in a position where that's exactly what I'm doing. So hence Rents Expert Limited. Right, absolutely. Now I'm understanding your name a bit more now. It really <laughs> makes sense now. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's all coming out in a nutshell. It's a gotcha now. Now I know that name is so special. But here's what I'm going to do. For the listeners in the room now, I'm going to ask you all a question. I want you to put number one or two. Do you know who you are without guessing the second time? Put number one, if you do, yes, or if you don't, two. Do you know who you are, yourself, without guessing the second time? Type number one. If you don't, type number two. Let's have a look. We've got a couple of ones in here, Nzinga. People yeah. are confident about who they are. They've been working on themselves. Anybody in here it. with number two? Any twos in here, don't be embarrassed if it's number two because you could get the message and the answer tonight. Okay, we've got a couple of ones that people are saying, yes, I do know who I am without guessing the second time. That's interesting. So Nazinga, give me your feedback on that. If people are putting one, what does it really mean? And people are putting two, not too sure. How do we balance that? I think it's perspective, isn't it, Trevor? And I think what's clearly clear from the, the group that are here today is that everyone is, you know, probably done some work on themselves and been in a situation where they've really had to find out more about who they are. And it's fantastic because, you know, if we're in a society of people that are self-aware, it means that when they're making decisions or having interactions, it's coming from a place of, you know, certainty and, you know, authenticity rather than people making rash decisions or making decisions that don't align to who they are. You know, it's, it's absolutely about, you know, knowing who you are and knowing yourself. And I think also it's fair to say, like I mentioned before, life is a journey. So right about now, I'd agree with the guys in here. I'm a one. Come two weeks time, something might cause me to think, well, oh, actually, I might need to go and do a bit more work on myself because it's giving me something different to think about. So I might be edging towards two. So we mm -hmm. don't necessarily stuck at one all the time because we learn about ourselves as we evolve. At 21, I knew myself, I thought, I'm not the same person now. A few years on, I'm different. Right. So I think it's just worth noting that it can change, but it's fantastic that people are at number one because in, you know, that's the aspiration for everybody really, to know yourself in the moment that you're in right now. And if that changes, to get back to yourself so you can then continue to be number one. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, we have our wonderful guest I'm talking about, 
identity. Who are you? Have you found yourself? Well, we're going to take a quick commercial break and we'll be coming straight back and we'll continue with our wonderful guest to talk more on how he can empower you too. Thank you. Have you ever wanted to just go for it without knowing how or if it could happen? No money, no job, go travel the world with kids. Within seven months, the Yates family quit their jobs in America, took their kids out of school and bought one-way tickets to go and travel the world. Join us on Thursday, 29th July at 7 p.m. Let the Yates family share their secret with you. Okay, welcome back, everyone. Welcome back. We are on a very interesting topic. And I'm sure every one of us is going to be challenged today because we have to get back that we have to overcome the crisis to get back the identity. And today, Nazinga is going to go into deeper details about how she followed her track to be where she is today. Nazinga, now, there's some very interesting things you're highlighting here that I'm sure most of our listeners can relate to is the creativity side of things, how you've discovered yourself, your name, your culture, and you as a black woman and what you are doing in work. How about people who are, would you say part of that to do with lack of self-belief and fear that people don't know how to be creative or find themselves to who they are? What's your opinion? I think there is an element of confidence around being creative. Um, Trevor, like I said, we mentioned words like bold and, you know, being able to step into an uncomfortable space with maybe being different or being seen as having a different approach or stance as other people. I think it's important that, you know, we continue to do that because that's where we get the, the great steps in terms of moving towards an agenda that we want and, you know, to kind of weave it into an agenda that is really close to my heart. Um, you know, recently, obviously, we saw what happened after the UEFA Cup final with those three young Black Kings and the backlash they received and the whole conversation around anti-racism, non-racism and, you know, the connotations around that came up again. And for me, it's just really about saying, right, there needs to be an element of bravery in, in terms of the creativity that comes in terms of finding the solutions around that. And, you know, I'm very much, like I said, I, I like stories, I like analogies, because they help, you know, bring things to life for me and help me then to give people a different kind of approach to thinking about something. And some of you on this um, podcast might have heard about, you know, the burning house. And we talk about, you know, the, the comparison with Black Lives Matter and All Lives Matter. And if you had a house, you know, a road full of houses and mm -hmm. the house that was on fire, you'd give attention to and obviously support it. And I'd take that analogy a step forward in terms of anti-racism, racism, and, and racism. And, you know, racists are the ones that light the fire, pull the fuel on and watch it burn. Non-racists are those that are standing there watching this house burn. They aren't picking a position. They aren't having an opinion about anything. They're just watching it burn. You might get the odd random, oh, no, it's really awful. You know, which in essence, if you're thinking about the analogy, it's like whipping out some marshmallows and toasting it on the fire. You know, they're not actually getting involved with anything. And then you've got your anti-racists that are you know, extinguishing the fire, finding water, cutting off the fuel supply. And it's those people that are the creative thinkers. You know, how can we continue to be anti-racist in, in a society where it's become so sophisticated in how it shows up? You know, and this is not just people who are impacted by it, but people that aren't impacted by it. I have many white friends who have come to me and said, you know, 
I want to help, what can I do? Can I come up with some ideas? And can you tell me if these are good ideas? Again, extremely uncomfortable for them, for me, but that's a, that's the norm, you know, now it's, you know, racism is always uncomfortable for the people that uh, experience it. But the fact that they put themselves in that position and were prepared to be creative takes an element of bravery and boldness and courage in doing so. And that's the kind of thing we need to get more into the space of Trevor, you know. Mm-hmm. We might not necessarily have the answers, but being able to trust yourself and this comes back to knowing yourself being able to trust yourself to say Mm -hmm. well I don't know the answer now I don't necessarily know the solution now but I'm committed to taking the steps to work towards it and I'm committed to learn about what I need to know and offer up suggestions and if they're good that's fine and if they're not I can come back with something else is what is so crucially needed in this space right now I wanted to ask you a question about creativity. What I've noticed about creativity, it does bring a lot of things to the surface. And some people are like, whoa, I didn't know this was, <laughs> I didn't know this was me. And some people get very frightened by that, not knowing that being there for a long time. Now, what I like about the power of creativity is when you continue to find that you tap into that norm, most things pop up to the surface. It comes up so many elements. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Were there certain things that came to the surface when you started to get more creative? And did it have an impact on you in terms of not knowing it was there or any form of fear? I think it's a good question, Trevor. To be honest, I've always known that I'm creative because, you know, I've got a great, great, like a great family and it was always encouraged to to just be who we are and be comfortable with who we are so you know I know that I can be quite animated and, and my friends will tell you that I'm you know I can be quite a, a fun person to be around and I've got also a different way and a perspective in terms of how I process information so when I get facts I deconstruct what I have and I re you know I construct it back in a way that works for my mind and my brain and you know previously when I was younger I was kind of made to feel a little bit strange because actually I don't see it the way maybe everybody else does but as I've gotten older I've learned to really appreciate and acknowledge the fact that it's one of my special talents and mm-hmm. been happy to showcase it and you know I think in terms of becoming more creative I've been acknowledged and recognized for the fact that I don't necessarily have the go-to solution for things. I'll find different ways of coming up with a way of addressing a problem or a pain point, which might offer even more benefits than were initially realized in the solutions that are currently the status quo. So for me, it's just really important for that. And, you know, when I think about my own journey, just, yeah, in terms of just how I approach how I've approached my work, how I've approached connecting with people, it's very much been from a creative space. Like I said, I'm a storyteller. I have a way of kind of taking people on a journey and then bringing them in mm-hmm. and inviting them in and nurturing them and loving them and building strong relationships and foundations. So for mm-hmm. me, it's just, yeah, allowing your creativity to very much guide how you, know, how you connect with people, but also how you get where you want to in, in, in life. You know, and I think, of, you know, for example, I made a conscious choice. You know, my hair used to be very different a couple of years ago. And I thought to myself, well, I want to mix up. I want to be creative in my hairstyle. And I got so much backlash about it. You know, people who didn't even know me having an opinion about what mm-hmm. I looked like and why mm-hmm. my hair had changed. And, oh, God, why have you done that? And I just thought, no, we're not going to have that today. This is who I am. If you don't like it, then you can step away. But it's, again, about being able to show up the way I want to show up in a way that's respectful, but also reflects who I am. So I think, you know, creativity is absolutely key and important and yeah, crucial to, to helping us move things forward in a way we've never thought we could move things forward in before. And that's where innovation comes in. 
You know, if you're doing something different or you're slightly changing something that's going to give you benefits or add value, you're being creative and you're innovative, you know, problem solving. Right, okay. I'm going to put this to the audience again. You're making it very interesting tonight, Nazinga. You're bringing it all out. And I'm sure the party started already, but it's getting really good. So everybody in the room, I want to ask you, are you a creative person? And if you are, do you get bad backlash comments or bad feedback if you want to change yourself? But put number one, if you say yes, number two, if not, are you a creative person and you decide to change the way you look or decide what you want to do? Do you get a lot of backlash? Do you get a bad feedback? Let's have a look at the people in the room. One, we do have one, yes. Anybody else? So we, we do have lots of ones. Yes, there are creative people there, Nazinga. And I do assume they will get backlash from individuals who have a different opinion about that person being creative. So thank you for that, listeners. It's really enjoying your contribution here. Nazinga, taking it on to another level now is how do we get, how do we get the education side of things? towards people to understand, you know what, Nzinga is making sense, this is what I need to do, but I'm not too sure how to go about it. How do you get that education around the concept of how they're thinking for them to really register what you're delivering? So I think, you know, the space that I'm in, Trevor, is diversity and inclusion, and it's around race and culture. So if there's a you know opportunity for you to, in fact, it's like there's an opportunity to, based on what we're currently seeing, my um, assumption would be a lot of people would be aware of what's happening, but also there's a chance to upskill and educate yourself. You know, we're in an environment or a, you know a society where if you want to find out about something, you can access the internet, you can you know speak to friends. There's ways and means of finding out what you need to find out, but it's important that it's also something that you take responsibility for. And then, you know, it's about understanding, like for me, I work with businesses in terms of working through some of the challenges that they're experiencing around representation for culturally diverse people. You know, are they in the right parts of the business? Are they visible for those who are in the business that want someone to look up to? You know, is there the right processes in place? Is it sustainable? Is it improving the quality of their work life and the work life of everybody else? And for me, if you're interested in finding about, you know, finding out about what I've done, I, you know, I've got my website, I've got my LinkedIn, I've also got, you know, Zoom, so reach out and talk to me. I love, like I said, I love to talk, I love to share, you know, you can get a flavour around the stuff I've done by spending time with me and just, yeah, asking me questions because, again, my self-awareness means that whatever you ask me, whatever comes out is what's aligned to me, there is never a filter in terms of I'm trying to be anything but myself. So, you know, what I speak about is evidence of who I am, my lived experience as the credentials of that, my background supports that in terms of the expertise I have. You know, I've won awards, I've, I've done things that, you know, give me recognition. So if it's about finding out more about what I do, then obviously have a look at what's out there, educate yourself in terms of what's happening in that space, and then absolutely reach out to me because I'd love to talk to you. Absolutely. And um, we'd love to have you on the show. That's why you're here, Nzinga. And I'm sure our <laughs> listeners will be ready to get more from you before we come to the end of this show. And we will be opening the floor for you to ask questions. So please do get ready for your questions. Any questions you have on mind, please do get ready. So we're going to have another quick break and we will be coming straight back. And we'll continue with our wonderful guests.
do you react when your plans fall through? Do you roll with the punches? Or does anxiety keep you from enjoying life? To a great extent, our personality determines how we deal with stress in our lives. In this hectic time we are living in, people lead an increasingly stressful life. Experts state that a little stress can be good, it keeps you sharp and ready to move forward, and is sometimes vital for achieving optimum performance. However, medical research has determined that prolonged stress is very bad for the body, and can block the body's natural ability to repair, regenerate and protect itself. Over 90% of disease is caused by stress. Stress is both a physical and psychological response. It can lead to chronic disease, obesity, insomnia, deteriorating relationships, depression, and more. We must remember that we will always come across inevitable factors that cause pressure and anxiety on us. What we do not know is that it is not really the problems that are difficult to deal with, but our attitude towards them. Are you are struggling to identify those signs of stress or experiencing some emotional blockages? Simply email Trevor a stress relief and emotional intelligence coach at info at livingyourgoodlife.co.uk. Get your free 30 minutes personal transformation breakthrough session. Okay, everybody. Okay. Welcome back again. And thanking you uh, to continue with our guest. I'm sure you'll get a lot of information tonight, our listeners. And uh, we still got the other half to go. And uh, please, as I say, get your questions ready for our guest. And she'll be more than happy to answer your questions. Now, Zinga, something very interesting happened. I believe, from my understanding, I think it was yesterday or the day before, I saw you were being nominated for an award. And I thought, wow. And I'm interviewing you today. And that's an opportunity. So tell a little bit about why you set up your consultancy and a little bit about the award as well. So the consultancy um, was just my way of doing something that was important and aligned to who I am. You know, it was really clear to me just living in a corporate environment for so long and working that we were still in a place where there was so much work to do around race and culture. You know, just to kind of give you some examples, Trevor, like over the last three years one you know in some of the, the places I've worked I've had comments made about my hair you know I've had jokes about the color of my skin and this is me as a senior woman who you know a senior black woman who's very clear about her stance in terms of anti-racism and I thought to myself my goodness if people can feel the stupidity and courage to make those comments to someone like me what about if I was someone you know, new into an organization or a young person or someone who had never had encountered something like that before. I thought, we just need to do more. And again, talking about something doesn't necessarily mean that we're moving the agenda forward. It means we're talking about it. You know, we're rehashing trauma potentially for some people that actually have to live that experience every single day. And then patting ourselves on the back and saying, my goodness, aren't we so aware? We're talking about racism. No. That's one part of the process. It's absolutely mm-hmm. about the action and how you implement and, and move things forward. And what I would say is that's where a lot of organizations potentially struggle. And that's where I come in. You know, it's almost like, let's see what's out there. Let's grab it and let's just slap it into our businesses and hope for the best. So we had this phase where everything was unconscious bias training. And there's been evidence that suggested that maybe that wasn't the, you know, the right way to approach things. For me, Unconscious bias training might work for your organization depending on the culture and the structure. 
But what is important is you understand that culture and structure and you really understand your pain points. There's a bit of investigatory work that needs to take place before we start going into, you know, conversation and solution mode. So I'm a project manager. I work in steps. I work in processes. I work in gateways. I work in creating easy ways to approach something and making sure that from end to end, it's being taken care of in the right way. So when the business became an opportunity, I thought, my goodness, all the experience I have, including my lived experience, could be something that can actually really contribute to changing the dial in this space. You know, mm -hmm. bring someone in who can tell you, actually, if this is your, your strategy in terms of how you're going to tackle things and race and culture, it's not going to get you very far. Mm -hmm. Or if this is your strategy, where's the action plan? If this is the action plan, what initiatives support that action plan? If these are the initiatives that you're using, how are you measuring that they're working? How are you reviewing this and continuously reviewing it to make sure it continues to deliver in the way that it's meant to deliver? And that's where I come in. I have all of those skill sets. You know, I'm able to take something from concept, idea, ideation, all the way through to end. And I'm able to, therefore, you know, be that person that almost the person that holds the hand of the organization as they, you know, move through this journey. And I think it's really important that you have someone in that space. And in terms of the kind of stuff that I do, Trevor, it's not an intention to me to be stuck in organizations forever. You know, I want to empower people to create their own solutions and be comfortable with doing that going forward. They just might need a little bit of help starting that up. So use, use expertise, use myself, use other EDI specialists that are very good at what they do. Whatever you do, do something and take action and move things forward. You know, people's lives depend on it. Mm -hmm. that's, that's the truth. People's lives, people's mental health and well-being depends on it. It's too much of a cost to bear to kind of bury our heads in and say we're doing enough. It's not good enough to celebrate Black History Month if you're not acknowledging the fact we've got a lot of work to do and a lot of mm -hmm. people in the organisation don't feel heard or feel mm -hmm. invisible. You know, it's not good enough to, you know, have a celebration on Diwali, grab a samosa, dip it in chutney, then go back to your desk and be racist. No, we've got to do better. And I think it's about being really honest about where you are, being honest about wanting to get, you know, support in terms of moving the agenda forward. What about bringing in the experts? Bring in the experts. Obviously, use your resources and capabilities in your organisation, but bring in someone who knows how to do this kind of thing. So that's, you know, um, the point around why I got into this space, because I'm that person that can do those things. And in terms of the award, it was, you know, it's a wonderful opportunity. You know, it's a multi-business award. Um, it recognizes people within the community that are doing lots of great work. And obviously I'm quite vocal on LinkedIn and I'm, I'm vocal in other spaces and I'm a massive advocate and, you know, activist around social justice, especially around race and culture. But to be clear, I'm an advocate for all, all types of EDI. It, to me, if you're, a, you know, if you're a supporter of one strand of diversity and inclusion, you are a supporter of all. You, you know, it's, it's just you can't really get to pick and choose. Mm -hmm. You're talking about people who are unheard, who don't have a voice. So in essence, anybody who fits that criteria is someone that you should be advocating for. You might lean towards a particular, particular strand because it, it lends itself to your lived experience. But in essence, just because I'm very much for the, the, the race and culture agenda, 
I absolutely support gender inequality. I support, you know, generational challenges. I support the LGBTQ plus TI community. I support, you know, disabilities hidden and visible. I support all of that because they are all people who also deserve to have a voice and also deserve to be, be heard and seen. Right. Well, I want to say congratulations. Well done. I salute you for getting that award. It just shows that based on what you started, that creative now exploded to another level. Well, I'm sure, to my understanding, has that surprised you to where you are from where you started? Um, I'm continuously surprised, Trevor. I've got no expectations in life. The only thing that I can be sure to do is just to turn up as myself. Um, whatever my path is will unravel. But yeah, I look back at my journey, I think, wow, sometimes, you know, and I'm sure a lot of people on the call will resonate with this maybe, you know, you, you're put through challenges and tests in your life. And at the time you're kind of wondering, well, why am I here? Or what on earth is going on? Or how can I find myself here? And, you know, everything is set up to support us to become the people we're meant to be. And I really see that now. All of those difficult conversations, all of those encounters where I felt uncomfortable or unheard or unseen, where I felt humiliated and embarrassed. You know, I carry that, not the negativity of it, but the experience of it to drive me in terms of where I want to be and what I want to do. So I'm very intentional about how I show up and how I see myself moving forward. You know, this is all relatively new, you know, stepping into this space, but I think it's important to follow what your calling is. And yes, mm -hmm. it, it, you know, it, it might, it might evolve over time, but I'm prepared for that. I'm comfortable that, you know, after all, Trevor, my name is to twist and turn, right? So I'm going to have to twist and turn some of that way too. So, yeah. 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 And that's why I think um, it's almost like a full package here. Your identity, your hair, who you are, it's a full package. Anybody look at that package and can't see what they're getting, then I'm sure there's something wrong with them. Um, because when somebody delivers your package, you're getting the full thing. You get, you know, the old saying, whatever sound the tin is what you get. Mm. Uh, so it's so amazing, Ara, to say that you're now getting the award. It means that your work is working. It's getting out there. Somebody's hearing it. And it, if it wasn't for your creativity and for you, nobody would have known you. Nobody would have got this award. Nobody would know that this education you've took on to another level, somebody would have benefited. So ladies and gentlemen, I'm just going to be opening the floor very soon for you to ask some questions. Uh, and I always say on my show, it doesn't matter how small or silly the question is, still ask the question. Because guess what? There's always an answer to every question. Okay, so um, when you're talking about your consultancy in your ward, I was looking at the young people, oh. the schools and how they're learning because this society is not easy for the young people right now. Yeah. They're not used to this. So yeah. there's a lot of challenges, media and what they hear. That's all they're seeing now. Is your work involved in working with parents and schools and young people in terms of what moment, you're doing? At the moment, Trevor, it has been targeted towards organisations, but the aspiration is it could work in any organisation. And that's an organisation that caters for young adults, children, parents, I think what's important is, you know, actually being part of some type of change. So for me, because of my corporate background, because of the industry that I've worked in, I've naturally lent myself to that space, first of all. But absolutely, and you're spot on and right, you know, the work that I would do, like, for example, there's initiatives that I've done before, which have involved working with young people, because they don't need to be mutually exclusive. Corporate organisations will be the home for young people when they grow up and want to find jobs right if they can see people that look like them in positions that are senior 
who are authentic, who are able to show up as their true selves, who are taken for the value they bring to a situation as opposed to how they sound or what they're wearing or what makes them different, then it inspires them to be encouraged to do better or not even to do better, but to, to be the best they can be. You know, I, I recall going to a um, college a few years ago, and at the time I was an innovative senior project manager. And I went in there and everyone was like, well, what do you do? And I think when I told them what I did, they were like, wow, you do that? And I'm like, of course, and any, any of you could do that. Any of you could do anything you want to do. Don't, mm-hmm. don't let the fact that there's an absence of people in that space that look like you be the reason why you're not moving into that space. And that's the reason why I'm so passionate about working with organizations because the responsibility isn't just for their employers or employees, correction, or their customers. It's for their communities. It's for the young people that are looking up to work in, in these establishments. It's for all of the stakeholders they engage with, whether it's within the same country or across continents. You know, how you work as a business tells people what kind of business you are. If you take diversity and inclusion seriously because you respect and value different perspectives, that's gonna bring a wealth of people wanting to connect with you because they can see actually, you're an organization that really puts people at the heart of what you do. And for me, that isn't just about the people that are working for you or within your organization. It's about every single person that touches, you know, touches that part of the organization, touches the community. So it will eventually, yes, out to children, parents, anybody, yeah. All right, fantastic. And I'm sure it's not been long before you get there because the work has already been getting it to a height where you've got it already and it will be recognised and seen by parents and families. Okay, so we're going to open the floor for you who want to ask our guest a question. So uh, anybody would like to ask a question, please raise your hand with the hand sign. And then I will, you can unmute yourself and ask a question. And before we do, I just want to remind everybody in the room, if you are a parent, you are a business or organization, what kind of thing do you think need to change in order for you to make a difference, not only for you as an individual, but the people who you work with and your community? So I want you to think about some of the questions and some of the things that you're involved in right now, how you can have a great impact with the right question to ask Nzinga. So we have a, uh, somebody raise their hand. Uh, Amanda, go ahead. Hi, Trevor. Thank you, Nazinga. Um, How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. Um, I've got two questions. Um, one is, I work in education. Uh, the world's a small place. I know children aren't born racist, but I think we need to teach more anti-racism and take more action in school. How would you propose to be the most successful route to do that? That's a really good question, Amanda. And I think it's about really, um, in terms of when you're thinking about these things, thinking about what people's learning styles are. So I'm not someone who works closely with the education system and works, you know, with children. But for me, I always get the impression that immersive learning is really helpful and useful for young, young people because it's, it's a way of learning. And I think it can be actually said for adults as well where you retain the information. You're not just learning about something and learning that it's right or wrong, but you're given the opportunity to implement that. So there's an opportunity to immerse young people in an experience. And by that, I don't mean bringing in role play and demonstrating racism in front of them, but just you know, saying in this scenario, is this something that is good or bad? You know, what would you do? What feels right for you to do? Because you're absolutely right. Young people, children are not born racist, it's learned. And there's, you know, in terms of treating people with respect and decency, this is something that 
shouldn't really take you having to be taught it. But unfortunately, it does because of the fact that so much is taught in terms of how to be racist or how to have a negative opinion or narrative about other people. So I think with young children, it's about taking them back to their innocence and saying, well, you know, do you think it's right? Do you think it's wrong? Well, if you think it's wrong, what, you know, what, what do you think you could do? You know, because our children are very brave, are braver mm-hmm. than we think they are. And they, you know, they know themselves mm-hmm. as well, because I think it's a quote before they start to be, again, plowed with narratives and conflict the pain. They, they know themselves. They know it's right or it's wrong. You know, you'll see children call things out because they're so brutally honest. Let's harness that and nurture it, but use it in the right way to say, well, actually, if my friend is black and he's experiencing something that isn't great, that's not right and that's not fair. But also to call it out and escalate it, because, you know, it's not about necessarily children being the the saviors of, you know, all racist behavior. But if they don't like something, call it out and speak to someone who they trust. It might not be a parent, because let's be honest, you know, that parent might be part of the problem. But is it a teacher at school? You know, is it is it a friend just to be able to speak about it and get support in terms of, yes, you know, you, you, you're doing the right thing. And yes, be brave about it. if you see something that's being wrong, then, then don't do it and encourage others not to do it. Um, my second question, I love the answer, by the way, and I'm going to use it in school myself. Um, the second question I have is, again, children are born creative, but with our prescriptive curriculum, which is very academic. I believe we're quashing that creativity, that solution base once they leave early years. What do you think we need to change in education to allow children to be their creative self and to find solutions and make the world a better place? Good question. I guess mm-hmm. in terms of relating it back to you know, the work that I do around race and culture, I think a, a massive failing is the fact that we don't have a you know, a serious position around the, you know, education of black history and curriculums at school. You know, you're, inter- you're encouraged to embrace who you are, to know about your background, the good, the bad, but what you, you know, your, what, what your history signifies to you. And then again, as young people, when you have that understanding, when it comes to being creative in solutions, you've got more of a fuller picture in terms of coming up with those ideas. You know, I was lucky I went to a school in, in Birmingham and we were taught a bit about black history, but I was really fortunate that my pet, my mum, you know, had me enroll into a, a supplementary school on a Saturday where I learned all about my history. I was surrounded with people that looked like me and were told about all the great things. So when it came to being out there in society and seeing things that weren't working, I was able to identify areas where we could find solutions because I knew myself, I knew my history and I was empowered to have more of a fuller understanding of what potentially I could be bringing to the equation so I think it's absolutely about educating our young people educating all people educating them on the truth good bad ugly indifferent and just making it clear that this is this is what it is you know think of your own ways bringing in your own uniqueness in terms of how you can approach you know creative problem solving and again that doesn't necessarily need to just fall on the shoulders of children, but I think it's a perfect opportunity there because how much does our creativity, you know, stem from when we were younger? You know, we, we, we liked certain things, we had certain hobbies, we did certain things and they've turned into, you know, for some of us, uh, uh, it's potentially a stream of income as we've gotten older. So it's absolutely an opportunity just to kind of build on that creativity. But I'd say education, education and knowledge, definitely. Thank you. I love what you said about educate the truth. 
because yes. I know the history books, they're not true, they're very biased. We need to throw those out the window and embrace who we are and teach that. So thank you. You're very welcome. Thank you. Thank you very much, Amanda. Really good questions and good points there. Thank you so much indeed. Ah, uh, we have another hand raised. It's, uh, I believe it's Menelik. Is that right? Menelik. Go ahead, sir. Uh, yes, that's correct. Thank you. Uh, a question for Enzinga. Um, and it's kind of following on from what Amanda just said, really. Um, I myself, I work in a quite restrictive bureaucratic environment, which kind of stifles creativity. What would you suggest to get the most uh, to get the most out of my creativity? Obviously, working in that environment, um, is there anything that you could perhaps recommend that I could maybe do uh, or try to change that situation um, at all? Yeah, absolutely. Really good question. And like, um, I guess what I would say is, you know, I think work is one aspect of our lives and a lot of people put a lot of focus into that and it, it seems like sometimes work tends to be the end all and be all of what we need to do um what we could be doing is building opportunities outside of work because actually any opportunity where you can connect potentially leads to uh, you know more work opportunities or other things that might might happen further further down the line i think you know if you're someone who feels your creativity is being stifled at work find opportunities within your organization where you can be creative. So if they're networks, if they are um, groups or, you know, initiatives that are happening, get behind them. It doesn't necessarily just need to be about race and culture, but again, obviously that's a thread that can be ran through everything because if you're, you know, a black man, it's going to impact on how you show up and how you think about things in terms of, you know, your creative solutions. But for me, it's about finding the opportunities within your organization. And if that's a no, 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 no non-starter, then I think the first thing is, is it something that you can do without in terms of work? Can you come to work, function, do what you need to do, and then find the creative inspirational connections that you need outside of work? You know, are you part of networks? Are you part of groups and tribes where you can be creative, where you can share your lived experiences, where you can build yourself up? So when you're going back into the corporate environment, yeah, you're not particularly being creative, but that's okay. You have an outlet for that. You know, are you pushing forward your own passions? Again, for me, I was in a position where I was quite fortunate that I was able to be creative within my workplace, but that doesn't always you know, satisfy what you need. So I could be very creative in problem solving, but if no one's taking on board my suggestions and my ideas, it's almost even worse because you're coming up with this great stuff and then it's not going anywhere. So that's why I decided actually, if I'm not getting the acknowledgement recognition or people aren't listening to me, I'm gonna go somewhere else where I am gonna get listened to, but where I can also continue to build on my creativity. So I can work with people to draw out their creativity. So just really have a think about firstly, you know, opportunities inside work that aren't necessarily related to race. If they can be, you might be able to join a staff network or get involved in some initiatives around HR and policies, et cetera. If not, look at things outside of work. So creating your own network outside of work. And then finally, or failing, look at your own individual passions and interests and see if you can utilize your creativity in that space. Hope that helps. Thank you. That's that's really helpful. Um, I think um, I think I, I did actually have another question, but it was more uh, along the lines of if I wanted to get more information on some of the things you're speaking of, uh, would we be able to get that? Uh, I mean, do you have, um, are you able to share um, information, contact details and so forth in case you wanted to get more information from the, the, the subjects you've been talking about? 
Yeah, absolutely. So I've got a website. Um, if you guys find me on LinkedIn, all of my information is on there. Trevor, I'm not sure. Are you planning on sending this out? Apologies if you mentioned it before, but if you are, there's an opportunity there in terms of just kind of attaching some of my information onto that. So then you can reach out to me. And, and yeah, um, everything what I've spoken about is on my website. You can book some time with me. I'm really super friendly. So if it's about just finding out more about what I do, absolutely put time in my diary. I think conversations are good they're the starting point but yeah my aspiration wouldn't be just to be talking to people all the time it'd be about well if you're interested in serious that your commitment to race and culture how can we move that conversation forward but in terms of details yeah happy to share that after the podcast right it seems like he'd be my co-host because that's exactly what i was going to ask you to give your details so well done now i'd have to I'd have to write him an email and tell him to be my co-host for next week then, Manelik. <laughs> so we do have another question, actually. We have one more question. Um, it asks, what are you most proud of in your inclusion journey so far and why? Oh, that's a really good question. Um, there's so much that I'm proud of and so much that I'm, you know, grateful for. I think for me, like, you know, awards and recognition are great and fantastic. Uh, yeah, everyone likes to be seen and heard. But the thing that I'm most proud of is the change that I've been able to enable for people. You know, when people have come to me and they've been in a situation where they felt like they're not happy or they're alone or they're not able to thrive or, you know, progress and grow. You know, I mentor a few young, young women, young black women, and they've been able to basically navigate their way up the corporate ladder. And things like that I'm proud of because it means that the work that I'm doing and the things that I'm talking about, the attention I'm bringing to this subject is making a difference because it's giving people license to show up and be themselves, but also to be brave in doing so. You know, so those are my biggest accomplishments. When I see people grow or people change or people shift or people just becoming Trevor, you know, where mm -hmm. they decide, actually, I'm not going to play this game anymore. Where I'm trying to blend and conform into an organization that doesn't love me for who I am. I'm going to love me unapologetically and just show up how I'm meant to be. And that, for me, is more important than any award or accolade because it's about people, you know. And if you start doing that, imagine the impact you're going to have around, the, you know, the people that are around you in terms of if you find comfort and if you find peace in being yourself, and people see that and align to that, then others start to do the same. So for me, it's just, I guess, around changing lives. That's my biggest accomplishment in the work that I've done. And that's through mentoring, that's through conversations, that's through, you know, being in a position where I've got, you know, platform and privilege, because even as a black woman, yeah, I, to some degree, have platform and privilege, being able to change policies, being able to be instrumental in, you know, stomping out behavior that's inappropriate. That to me is what I'm proud of because that means I'm able to help change people's lives. And that's what this is about, people's lives, right? Mm -hmm. It's not about having more money or looking like you're doing the right thing or being able to snatch and take the ideas that are different and say, you know, how great are we as an organization? It's about a person waking up in the morning feeling that they have purpose, going into work and being recognized for that and being embraced for who they are. And when those instances happen, that's what makes me feel proud and accomplished. Right. Very, very strong point there. And I think uh, somebody said, great answer. Thank you. Uh, it is definitely a great answer. And that's about uh, what you're delivering is healing people. 
mentally, physically, and spiritually. Anybody who comes to you and looking for a solution, I said from the beginning, we're looking for a solution. This is a solution. And the best way to do that, could you give us your contact details, uh, your website, so people can maybe get in touch with you for further information? Yeah, I'll just pop it in the chat, Trevor, but um, just bear with me. No problem. So this is an opportunity, ladies and gentlemen, please do get in touch. I mean, some of you may have still have questions. You can still get in touch with her by email or by her phone number and ask her the question in your private time. And obviously, this is great information. This is good information that we all can learn together. As she said, it's about people. It's about people. People want to be healed and make difference. So, okay, so uh, while she's putting the details into the chat, please do take that details down. And uh, while you're doing that, the final question to you when you've finished, uh, Nazinga, what's your final word to everyone online? What are your final words? What's your final message would be? Oh, good question, Trevor. Mm. I think, you know what it is? I'm very much about, you know, you talk about if you can see it, you can be it. Um, mm. But I say, my, my, for me, the important thing, or the, the, my lasting words would be, be the change you want to see. Be courageous and take the steps that you know are the right steps that are going to drive a really important agenda forward. Know that within every single one of us, we have the capability of creating positive change, whether it be big or small, individually or collectively. So pick up that mantle and, you know, move things forward. And I think I spoke about the analogy around the, the fire in the house in terms of racism, anti-racism, you know, non-racism. And for me, what I would say is be the firefighter in the blaze of racism, right? Let's, mm -hmm. let's extinguish this fire once and for all. But that means everyone has to play a part. You don't need to necessarily be someone slightly impacted. You just need to be someone who cares about people. Because remember, it is all about people. So, you know, my request would be for everyone on this you know, podcast today, think of what's within your gift, commit mm -hmm. to it, implement it and see it through because it will mean you're changing lives. Right, okay. And ladies and gentlemen, she has put her website in there, so please do take that down, and it's raceexpertlimited.com. That's www.raceexpertlimited.com. Wow, wonderful. We really enjoyed your input today. It's been a marvellous of information and very key information you've given to us. And we thank you, everybody, for your great questions as well in the chat, and uh, it's been a pleasure to have you. So um, one thing I wanted to find out, though, do you have a book that you've written now? Not yet, Trevor. You're getting ahead of yourself. But what I will say, <laughs> it is coming. So um, there's stuff I, I write about. I, like I said, I'm very creative in terms of story writing and, and poetry, but also stuff that, you know, obviously can help in terms of the race and culture agenda. So, yeah, one, one step at a time, but it's on its way. <laughs> I'm definitely going to be looking out for that. So, uh, because um, there are many ways we can get our, your message out there, not just by public speaking and engagement, but online podcasting, ebooks. I mean, technology is moving fast and we can get the information out as quick as we can as we then 10 years ago. 10 years ago is slow, but now it's so fast. So, we do look out for that. And I want to say thank you so much indeed for coming. Thank you for your queen information that has really delivered a lot to us in this show and I want to say thank you to all our listeners and I want to say thank you for your time and your dedication and we will be back again with another guest and uh, we will be putting that information out there for 
most of you who want to follow on the next podcast show. So for that reason, have a fantastic evening and we're going to be ending and uh, we'll see you next time on the next show. So take care, everybody. Get yourself a glass of wine and enjoy the rest of the evening. Take care. Thank you, everyone. Take care. Bye. Thank you.